Everything is in evolution. The world around us is changing in many different ways every second of every day. This evolution is expanding exponentially in science, technology, communications, and our understanding of the past. Rapid changes are taking place that are transforming our bodies, minds, environment, and the planet itself into a different reality. A little over a hundred years ago, it would have taken over a month to send a letter from London to Los Angeles, and now communications make it possible for us to see worldwide events unfolding in real time in the palm of our hands. This unprecedented change in instantaneous human communication with billions of people across the planet is allowing for the transformation of humanity in ways that are unrecorded in human history. There is also a tremendous gap between us technological beings and ancestral humans. These humans are flourishing with little knowledge or connection to our world. What wisdom can we gain from the traditions and teachings of these people? What can we learn from them that can help us in our transformation? New technologies are blurring the lines between human intelligence and technology. Breakthroughs are on the verge of dramatically increasing our physical lifespan and expanding our consciousness towards immortality. How will these technologies impact us as individuals and as a civilization? The goal of this exploration is to gain insight into understanding the three age-old questions. Where did we come from? Who are we? And where are we going? Please join me on this journey into the known and unknown. Welcome to Evolution Network. I'm David Mudrick. Today we're going to talk about the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is like a supercomputer. It controls 95% of your brain function. It can process data at an incredible speed, 400 billion bits of data per second. And impulses travel through it at 100,000 miles an hour. On the other hand, your conscious mind is more like a calculator. It controls about 5% of your brain function, and it processes data at 2,000 bits of data per second, at about 100 miles per hour. So the subconscious can process information at 200 million times faster than the conscious mind. So what does the subconscious control? It controls your heart rate, your digestion, your breathing, your blood pressure, your behavior, your emotions, uh, your beliefs, your habits, any autonomic responses. On the other hand, your conscious mind, it's concerned with processing logic, reasoning. It identifies all incoming information from all of your senses, sight, touch, hearing, smell, taste. But it can only process one thought at a time. Let's say, for instance, you make a conscious effort to move your hand. So you have to decide to move your hand. Your brain processes that in the conscious mind, and you can move your hand. Now, while you're moving your hand, it may be an instantaneous, just a split second, but your mind can only do that one thing at a time. So when you're born, the subconscious mind has information in it which can control all of your autonomic functions. So where did these programs come from? Well, they were programmed in from your mother before you were born. So these basic functions are in there, but there isn't anything that you're going to have to learn later. Speech, riding a bike, driving a car, walking, those are all going to have to be learned functions. So the subconscious is very good at remembering routine tasks. So you can be free to use your conscious mind, and the conscious mind has very limited power. 
you surely don't want to learn how to ride a bike every time you get on a bike. So with practice, you learn it, it gets programmed into your subconscious, and every time you get on a bike for the rest of your life, you're going to know how to ride it. So think about walking. It took you a long time to learn how to walk, and once you learned it, you just walk for the rest of your life. Could you even forget how to walk if you wanted to? I don't think so. It'd be pretty tough. So Bruce Lipton, who is an epigenetic researcher, he has a great question and he says, if you ask a baby who was just born, what do you know? He would say, nothing, I just got here. So how does a subconscious mind get its programs? So from age zero to seven, it's a recorder. It records everything around it. All the interactions that you have with your parents, your siblings, the environment, how your parents interact with each other. And this has been known for a long time. There's a scholarly religious order in the Catholic Church called the Jesuits. And about 400 years ago, they had this saying that said, Give me a child for seven years and I'll show you the man. The first seven years is critical. So it's been known for a long time how critical this early stage of life is. So what programs do you have in your subconscious mind? You probably don't know. A lot of them were put in at a very young age before you were really aware of what was being put in there. So anything you are likely struggling with at the time is a limiting program. As soon as the conscious mind starts thinking, the subconscious takes over its programs. Let's say you're driving to work. You're starting to think about your problems for the day. You're thinking about something that you failed at in the past. You have some fear of the future. Whatever you're thinking about in your conscious mind, the subconscious mind just takes over. So I know everyone has done this. You get to work and you say, how did I get here? I don't remember starting the car. I don't remember changing lanes. I don't remember stopping for traffic lights. But you obviously did all that and you got to work safely. So this is when the subconscious mind is actually brilliant. It takes over. And it does a task for you, and you don't even have to think about it. So your conscious mind is free to do some other tasks or some other thinking. Now, as long as it's running a good program, like driving the car for you, that's great. But what if it's running a bad program? What if it's running something that you learned in your early childhood about uh, your parents fighting about money or something that got uh, burned into your subconscious that now is a belief of yours? That's not going to be a good program that's going to benefit you in a positive way. So what else is programmed in the subconscious? Well, it's basically operating from the habits of others. And who does this programming? Anyone who is around you in ages 0 to 7 is providing information for your program. A lot of times the parents, not in a bad way, are, but are actually putting... Um, information in there that is very detrimental to the child as they grow up. It's usually a lot of controlling information. I mean, uh, what parents haven't said, sit down, shut up, don't touch that, maybe thousands of times over the years when you're, uh, you know, zero to seven. Uh, they might say things like, stop that, you're going to get hurt, be quiet, quit asking so many questions. Uh, you might have had parents or teachers say things like, why are you so clumsy or why are you so dumb? Why didn't you get a good grade on this test? So the problem with the subconscious is it takes everything it hears to be true. So when you're born, this is a good example on fears. When you're born, you only have two fears, loud noises 
and the fear of falling. So you learn every other fear you have by experience. So let's say you're a small child and a large dog runs over at you really fast and knocks you over. The dog didn't intend to hurt you. It was just a big dog and you fell and you got hurt. So now you're associating a dog with fear and you think you're going to get hurt every time you see a dog. So the next time you see a dog, uh, the child might start to cry, has a motion of fear. Uh, subconscious is saying, I'm going to protect you. There's a dog, so you should be afraid. And every time this happens, a bunch of chemicals, cortisol, norepinephrine, adrenaline, are dumped into your system, so you get the fight-or-flight response. Now, how can you undo that fear? Well, it isn't in there real deeply. I mean, it only happened once, uh, although it was a traumatic event. And traumatic events can make a big change in your subconscious in just one time. But let's say your parents uh, realize that there's no reason for you to be afraid of the dogs. So they could get a dog to come over and you could pet it, you could play with it, and you could start to disassociate uh, that memory that you have in the subconscious about dogs being mean and negative. So after you're having several experiences that are positive with dogs, you could possibly overwrite that and you could be okay with them again. So let's talk about different brainwave states. So the fastest brainwaves are going to be beta. And that would be your normal, conscious, waking thoughts. So the next slower would be alpha brainwaves. That would be when you're in a daydream state or a flow state, flow creativity. The next slowest one would be theta brainwaves. Now we're in the subconscious. So now we're in a dream state. And the slowest brain waves would be delta. So that would be when you're in a deep sleep, or you can get there also with uh, transcendental meditation. So let's talk about an example here that maybe will help you understand the difference in the uh, brain wave states. So I think everyone has seen an act where there's a hypnotist on stage. Usually he'll bring some people up out of the audience. And he will get them to go into a subconscious dream state. He will be putting them into theta brainwaves. So what he does is he puts them to sleep. So turns off the alpha and beta brainwaves. So technically their body is asleep. But their mind is still connected. Subconscious mind is in connection with him and listening to him. So usually he'll get you to do something silly like... The next time I snap my fingers, you're going to quack like a duck. So he'll say that to them, then he'll bring them back awake, and now their conscious mind is in normal waking mode, and he'll snap his fingers, and the people will quack like a duck. So that's what happened, is that command got into their subconscious, so they weren't even having to pay any attention to it. They, he was just talking normal, and then he snapped his fingers, and they started quacking like a duck. So that shows you the power of what's in your subconscious and how easily it can actually be reprogrammed. Now, at the end of the show, he kind of clears out everything he's done, and that's not real deeply embedded into the subconscious. So even if he didn't, uh, it's not likely that several days later... Uh, every time someone snaps their fingers, you're going to quack like a duck. So what's happening is everything that is heard by the subconscious 
is taken in. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad, there's no judgment made. And when your consciousness is turned off, when you're asleep, like during this uh, hypnotic phase, it's going to accept everything that it hears. If your conscious mind was active during that part, uh, you would say, that's silly, I'm not going to be up here on stage quacking like a duck, and you wouldn't accept it, so it wouldn't get to your subconscious. Now another example that I thought was very fascinating is that infants know how to swim when they're born. Yet, almost every child needs to take swimming lessons. So, how is that possible? Well, what happens uh, when a child is, let's say, two or three years old, and uh, they're around water anywhere? Uh, their parents, their teachers, are making a big deal about, don't go near the water. Uh, you'll fall in. You'll drown. So, the child develops this fear of the water, and thinks every time they see water that they could be hurt or injured or drowned. So if you try to get them to swim, they're going to think, like, this is dangerous, let me out of here. So what is actually being done with swimming lessons is helping you unlearn that fear you now have of the water. So this shows you the actual power that information has once it gets into your subconscious. That fear can actually make you not be able to do something you already know how to do. So before talking about how to reprogram your subconscious mind, let's talk a little about the conscious mind. When the conscious mind is totally in the present and not influenced by the past or future worries and fears, you can have an exhilarating feeling. Almost everyone has experienced this at some time in their life. It could be when they fall in love, it could be from something uh, extreme sports like skydiving or bungee jumping. When you're free-falling, you aren't thinking about what you have to do at the office or what you have failed at in the past. Your senses are sending so much new information about that experience into your brain that you are totally in the present moment. When you fall in love, it just happens. You don't have to think about it. All of a sudden, you're just not concerned by the past. You're not concerned by the future. And people who were miserable just a few days before can instantly be joyful and happy. But then after some time, that feeling seems to wear off, and the subconscious comes back to take over, and it starts running those old programs. You may start to worry about your past and the future. You can become unhappy again, even though your relationship is great. So how do we remove these limiting programs that are in our subconscious? There are three basic ways. So number one is repetition and practice. So repetition could be from affirmations. So saying things like, I am happy, I am smart, I am a success, those can overwrite programs that are in your subconscious. If you think you're negative and unhappy all the time, I know at first it sounds kind of silly to just say you're happy, but if you do keep repeating that you're happy over and over, after some time, that becomes your program. Now you can find a lot of affirmations online. You can put them in your phone. There's some apps for them. You can read them aloud every morning. Uh, there's other affirmations that you can record. Uh, you could record them on your phone and just play them back. But it is a little tricky. You have to be a little careful. There are some affirmations online that are not done correctly. And the subconscious is definitely a, a tricky thing to deal with. For instance, you don't want to say something like, I am not a failure. 
Saying I am not a failure is telling your subconscious that you are a failure today. So you really have to work on that wording and make sure that you're saying these things correctly and in a positive way. So the other method under this category is practice. So just like you had to learn to drive a car. When you first got in, it was very complicated, and then you just practice, and over a month, you didn't really have to think about it. You could just get in and drive pretty easily. So let's say, again, you're negative and you're kind of looking at the world in a bad way all the time. Uh, you just say, I'm going to be optimistic about everything. Uh, I'm going to be happy and positive. And the practice would come from uh, doing something every day, like set some goals for yourself. At the end of the day, write down what you've accomplished, what went well, what you could do better. You know, analyze for five or ten minutes each day how the day went, where you thought about things positively. And this practice will just also help overwrite those programs that are in your subconscious. So I had this problem not too long ago where I was looking at things very negatively. And uh, I'll give you a little bit of information about how I used affirmations to help myself. So what I did was on YouTube, there are a lot of videos with affirmations. And you actually don't need the video because you're going to be asleep when you're doing this. But uh, the videos are about eight hours, uh, six, eight, ten hours. And they're just saying positive things over and over. Uh, not the same things. I mean, you can pick ones for whatever your uh, problem is. If you're having issues with money and finance or relationships or your own self-esteem. There's a lot of them for different areas and there's just general ones. So what these do is uh, when you're falling asleep, so you're in a conscious state and as you're falling asleep, your conscious brain is shutting down and you're going through this theta brainwave state, that same thing that the hypnotist did on stage. And in that state, There's a direct connection to your subconscious. So if you're playing these affirmations in earbuds, in that little period between uh, falling asleep into a deep sleep and being awake, you have a few minutes of being in direct connection with your subconscious. While these affirmations are playing, and just like the hypnotist saying he's going to make you uh, quack like a duck, Uh, these positive things can get into your subconscious and start to overwrite that programming. So you have several periods during the night. Every time you wake up, you're also going to be coming from the deep sleep back to conscious. You're going to go through that state. And if you get back in bed and fall back asleep again, you've got two more times. So for me, It was uh, all two or three days, and I started to notice a big difference. And after a week, it was pretty dramatic. It actually started to change the way I was thinking during my normal waking hours. So I would encourage anyone who wants to have a more positive outlook, a more optimistic outlook about the world, to try this. Uh, I mean, the one thing that's kind of cool is just free. You can try it. If you don't think it works for you, uh, you really have lost nothing but a... a few minutes of time of setting this up before you go to sleep. So the second way to reprogram your subconscious is through hypnosis. So this is how you got your programs from age zero to seven, and you were in theta brainwave state at that time when you got these bad or limiting programs. 
And so I'll give you a story of uh, how I use this. So I had this fear of speaking, speaking to groups, speaking in public. Uh, I knew I had some failures in high school, in college. You know, I ran for class president and had to give a speech. And I think it was the first time I had really given a speech. I really wasn't prepared. And I really messed up the speech and kind of, you know, fumbled through some parts of it and felt really embarrassed and really didn't do a good job at it. So uh, I had several other occasions like that. And I, I really didn't know why. I just knew that I had those and that I... You know, my subconscious was helping me avoid those situations by uh, giving me fear, you know, dumping all those bad hormones into my system and giving me that fear every time I even thought about uh, doing some kind of speaking like that. So what happened under hypnosis was uh, the hypnotherapist uh, took me back uh, to an earlier time, somewhere in maybe second or third grade. And, you know, I went to a Catholic school and it was, uh, I guess I want to say it was a very brutal experience. Uh, the nuns were very wicked and, uh, you could get paddled or beaten many times, uh, in front of the class, humiliated. You had this fear, uh, of saying the wrong thing or answering a question wrong or asking something you shouldn't. And apparently that's where this fear started. And, so what he did was took me back to those experiences. And it's not that you forget them. It's not really even overwriting them maybe isn't the correct word. What you're doing is disconnecting the emotion from those events. So after I went through this experience, uh, you know, immediately when I woke back up, I kind of felt like this weight had been lifted off of me. And I felt like I really didn't have this fear anymore. And now I realize I don't have a lot of ability as far as uh, speaking, pronouncing, inflection, different, you know, things that I need to learn. But I don't have the fear of doing it, which I had before. Now, could I have gotten rid of that fear through affirmations? I think probably, but this was actually a very easy method. And with the affirmations, I didn't really know what I was trying to fix. I didn't really know where this fear was coming from. So I think for this example, I think hypnosis was better. It actually worked very quickly. It was one session, about an hour, and it pretty much uh, fixed the problem. Now, the third method is energy psychology. Now, this one's a little complex. There's actually about 25 different ways that you can use this energy psychology, and they're all different methods for reprogramming subconscious. So Bruce Lipton, again, he outlines these on his website. So I will send you a link in the episode notes that you can go to his website and see what these are. So one of them I'm familiar with is called Psych-K. It's P-S-Y-C-H-K. It's basically muscle testing to test your body's resistance to believing the truth. So the principle behind this is that your mind lies to you all the time. I know that's kind of hard to believe, but we tend to interpret facts that are in line with our thoughts, beliefs, and needs. So really everyone is biased, but you can't help but be biased. You're biased based on your past experiences. 
But are all these beliefs that you have true? Of course not, but you believe they are. So for instance, let's take smoking. Everyone who smokes knows smoking is bad for them. Almost everybody wants to quit. So their conscious mind, their rational thinking, they know that they want to quit. Well, why can't they quit? Because there's something in their subconscious that is not agreeing with their conscious mind. There's some reason why they want to continue to smoke. Now, is it an actual addiction to the nicotine? Well, yes, but that's connected to your mind. You, you think you need this uh, chemical to help you feel better. Uh, there are some people who say there's just a mechanical action that is actually learned by the subconscious, and just having that cigarette in your hand and the motion is actually something that's kind of learned, and the subconscious needs that and wants to do that all the time. So the second part of this is that your body doesn't lie. And here's an example. If you put your hand over your nose and mouth, you're going to have to take another breath. Like, your body's not going to lie to you. It's going to say, if you don't take another breath, you're going to pass out. So it's the same way with your muscles. Your muscles are actually very good lie detectors. So what this Psych-K method does is... You do a method like where you push down on your finger and what you're doing is calibrating your muscles and your resistance uh, in that finger to be a lie detector. So what you do is you actually say some things that you know are true while you're testing the muscles in this finger and you're seeing your resistance to it. And then you're saying some things that are false and you're doing the same experiment. And at some point, you're going to be able to figure out where this muscle resistance is and whether your subconscious is really believing what you think your conscious is on board with, like quitting smoking. So if you've ever been to a chiropractor, he actually uses something similar. When he does muscle testing, uh, he will touch like a joint or somewhere on your body and then do this muscle testing. And it's a very similar kind of method. So there's a lot of information about this online, so you can check out this method or any of the other ones. So there's also an audio book that I would recommend. It's called The Power of the Subconscious Mind. It was written by Joseph Murphy in 1963. Uh, it's on YouTube. You can get it as a free uh, audio book. And it's about, I think, six hours long, so it's great to listen to if you're, you're driving somewhere a distance and you can just play it. So Joseph was a therapist, and he worked with thousands of patients that he counseled, and he helped them change the way their subconscious mind thought. So he has lots of compelling stories that will make you want to investigate further, and that's one of the things I started with, and it got me kind of intrigued with the whole subject of our subconscious minds and how they're limiting us. So I want to thank everybody for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I'm going to have those links in the show notes, and there'll also be a link in there if you want to drop me an email, if you want to contact me and talk about the show or talk about anything else that's on your mind, just uh, drop me a line and I will get back to you. Bye.